Are you an educator who finds themselves burned out, struggling to connect with your students, as the administration just seemed to put more to-dos and demands on your plate? Do you see the kids struggling in school, academically, socially, and emotionally, even more now post-pandemic, and feel powerless to make any changes and do anything about it? Or maybe you're a parent and you're worrying about your students' social and emotional well-being, you're worried about their academics, getting into college, their future, you're noticing that standardized test scores seem to have declined across the United States, you're noticing that they don't know as much as you knew back in that the same time, and you're noticing, like I notice as a parent as well as as, as an educator, that kids can't seem to problem solve and critically think. Well, this is the broken education system we are clearly dealing with in the United States right now. But there are ways that we can begin to repair it, to fix it, to connect with what's broken as well as what do we need to do to fix things and make them better. I'm Jennifer Rentolo, and I am an adjunct professor at a local college, as well as a whole health educator and a nurse. And I am psyched to have you join me, as well as my brother, Ed Wren, who is an educator, an education innovator. He's a teacher. He teaches teachers. And together, we are going to try to bring clarity to the chaos in this education system. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Simple Awakenings podcast, where we offer people at a turning point simple strategies to help you find clarity in the chaos of your life. I'm your host, Jennifer Rentolo. This is the Simple Awakenings podcast, where you can find clarity in the chaos. Simple Awakenings shares real-life lessons from real people who have had experiences that help them awaken to the simple truth of what they need to thrive in their life. These are conversations helping us evolve and awaken in how to simplify life in parenting, in education, and in the way we interact with the world around us. Let's ripple change through awareness and connect with our mind, body, and spirits one conscious conversation at a time. Now your host, Jennifer Rentolo, an integrative bridge to health, hope, and healing. my brother, Ed Wren, on my podcast, and we had so much to discuss and talk about, as usual, that we had to split the the podcast into two different episodes. So our part one, both series are talking about the broken education system, and part one was really focusing on the impact that this broken education system has had on our students, on our children's mental health, talking a lot about social-emotional learning. And then this, today's episode, is part two, where we are discussing the impact of this broken education system on teachers, on teaching, education, and the burnout and mental health of educators. My brother Ed has had a lot of experience in the educational world from as a student, as well as having taught in a public school, as well as a private school. He finished his well, I wouldn't say finished because he's not done teaching, but he worked at Bronx Science, which was a very academically rigorous public school system in New York City. And his awakening came there, which he will discuss in this episode. But now he's teaching teachers with a, a organization called Mass Insight. And he's working with teachers to help teachers better connect to the content and how best to teach AP environmental science. He really is working on access to higher education. Going, He goes into school systems and really tries to work with the school systems, the students and the teachers to try to set them up for success um, in a system that he recognizes, as many educators do, in a system that is really broken. 
So I welcome Ed to this show. Ed is really a, a, a plethora of information, and I just love our discussions. So welcome, Ed. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> so what was your awakening and that aha moment that really brought you clarity? And I got this job as a sixth grade science teacher that I, I then also taught fifth grade math. That was a, a hoot and a half at a private school. Um, and it was wonderful. It really, it was, the, it was the uplift that I needed at that time to tell me that I could do something well again. And I still think of those years, that was seven years that I think of as hysterical laughter every day because fifth and sixth graders are just nutty. But so wonderful. It was it was joyful. Every yeah. day it was joyful. Yeah. But again, it brought joy to my life. It was yeah. a really good part of my life until I decided it was time not to do that anymore. I wanted more science right. or deeper science. Right. So I just saw, and then I found a program. There was a fellowship program that paid for it. Mm. So it's paid for me to, to get a master's in, in biology education, which you need in New York City. I guess in Massachusetts, you, you have to get it within a certain number of years. But in New York, you can't teach in public school without one. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was interesting. I saw some really old school stuff just in the education part. And I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting there listening to some of the professors when I was in this, this graduate program and they would say, you know, this is how we do things. This is how it needs to be done in the system, blah, blah, blah. And because I had been in the system to a degree before I was like, yeah, it doesn't really work like that. And not if you really want the kids to pay attention or not if you really want them to care about what you're doing. Or So I would make these little side comments because it was very much, this is how you do this. And this is, a, you know, from a professor who hadn't been teaching for years and years and years and like old school technology that people weren't even using anymore and being demonstrated as like the exemplar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like the, no, it's not. <laughs> You, know, you you need to do better. And even then, I was noticing stuff that was, I was like, oh, this is what you're, because the program was supposed to be um, specifically geared towards teaching in New York City public school classrooms. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, okay, if this is going to be really boring, if that's how these are the people who are going to go teach, the, then that's not cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, so. So it was a series of little awakening moments. Totally. And then that, that, and then Bronx Science came out. So my first day of Bronx Science, <laughs> and all, it was when you when you had a first day there, it, it, all the teachers were in the auditorium, and they basically tell you all these things that we have to have covered this year, and mm -hmm. it's hours and hours of mind numbing them telling us what we need to do that year. Mm -hmm. But the first thing out of the principal's mouth, and she's not the principal there anymore. Everyone's happy about that. <laughs> um, the first thing out of her mouth was, "Everyone, I want you to take a look around you." Anyone you don't see, it's not because they left. It's because we got rid of them. <laughs> and I was like, welcome. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And I'm literally looking around at other faces. Like, this is how we're starting the year. This is literally day one. That's how she opened. Not, you know, welcome back, everyone. And by the way. It reminds me of that uh, the Lion King and everybody's okay right? with this. <laughs> right. And nobody was. So yeah. I, then later, yeah. nine years later of, of working for them, I became someone who they really trusted and let do just about anything I wanted, whenever yeah. I wanted. What was your sort of, because I, I remember vividly, literally you being in a place of like complete soul disalignment where what your heart and soul were telling you needed to be done, you were not able to do in the teaching environment. So can you share with me like some of those that aha moment and then the big awakening moment that made you go check please i'm out coming from a leader whose emotional capacity was zero yeah. was a, those, those nine years were very serious thinking about what i thought was good and what wasn't good and and all and again like, like we've discussed before that same principal who said you know you're yeah, anyone we, who's not here is because we got rid of them yeah her policy was also if there are emotional things happening in your classroom, yeah, that's not your job. Your yeah. job is academic rigor, period. Yeah. So the trickle down to everybody is not a feeling of wellness and safety and, and support. Support yeah. and no, not yeah. even a little bit. Which but is important. Yeah. You got a lot of really smart people 
Yeah. And my bio department was the best people ever. Loved them. The conversations we would have would be mm -hmm. outstanding. Absolutely helps with all of that. Yeah. Because now you have these colleagues that are great. Right. The kids were great, could do amazing things, but context of the place, drive, 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 drive at all cost. Yep. That's my current school system. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and teachers are expected to maintain that level and the students are expected to maintain that level. And if the students are falling down for any reason, what the hell are you doing about it? Why are they? And then it became, I was really good with the kids who struggled with stuff and didn't want to be in the space and didn't want to. So then I started getting these classes that were, I'm talking about this marine biology class and an animal behavior class specifically, not the environmental piece. That was that state AP. Mm -hmm. But these other two classes that I did, and I designed both of them, um, they started writing the, he's really good with this kind of kid. Mm. Let's put them all in these classes. Oh, okay. And so I'd end up with these classes of kids who were perfectly capable, but they weren't mentally for some reason. They were not able to be there. Mm -hmm. Very smart kids obviously made the cutoff number to get in the school. Either they didn't really particularly want to be there because that wasn't the way they were. I got that a number of times from kids, but their parents wanted them there. So that's where they went. Mm -hmm. um, or they just, for whatever reason, they, mm -hmm. they did not have that school connection. Yeah. Just a little aside about school connectedness. According to research, school connectedness is a sense of being cared for and supported and a sense of belonging at school. And it is said to have an impact on students' ability to learn. It is absolutely a key aspect when you're addressing youth achievement. So youth who felt connected to adults and to peers at school were significantly less likely than those who did not to report persistent feelings of hopelessness, 31% versus 55%. And grades are absolutely impacted by mental health. So when you have a kid that is capable but not able to access learning, you have a child that is not feeling connected, whether it's to school, whether it's to self, or whether it's to parents. And many of these kids need educators that are going to help connect them and that are going to help them feel sparked as we discussed in episode one or part one. But it was, but it was then over time developed into, he's really good at that. Put all these kids in there. And now we're blaming you for them not for, to be failing or have really poor grades. Clearly it's something you're not doing. That's, the reason that their grades are bad. Mm -hmm. And you can only take that so much right. <laughs> and for so long. Right. And you're like, well, what? <laughs> like, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you see who we're talking about here? Do you, do you get? Yeah. And these are kids that were, I mean, often like suspended or, I mean, they were trouble. There was some trouble in that something was wrong. Yeah. Not with them, yes. but with but them. With, around with, the world. With, yeah. they, things were not working for them. These yeah. kids were struggling for a reason. Yes. Yeah, and not able to show up for school because right. of their mental health or the social right. and emotional learning aspect that all of a sudden is a buzzword, but I don't think schools are really getting that. No, they're totally not. Yeah. As, as anyone who knows me knows, I take on things way too many times over. And I say, yes, sure. Yes, sure. I'll do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Well, this one Monday I had I think probably my grades were due for school, which was always stressful because I hated grading, hate grading. And so I was always behind and it, it would always mean I was going to be up all night for two days straight trying to get everything in order. And because then I'd look at that, the grading piece, and I'd look and I'd be like, I don't care about any of this. Mm. I totally don't. And the kids, that's all they care about. It's a number. Yeah. Not whether they're enjoying themselves, not whether it matters what's going on with them that day to get that A, to get that whatever. And then they argue every last little point. How come my grade went down a point? The, the scary moment was that I had all these things due, especially grades that day. 
And I went into school and I taught my class and part of the way through class, I just felt this wave of, I don't know, came over me and I was like, I'm going to pass out in about a minute and a half right now. And I don't know why. And so I'm, I'm like, what the heck, what the heck? So I sent everyone off to computers. So I was like, just, you're going to be doing computer. And I just sat there and breathed. Anyway, basically what happened was my blood pressure went through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in the hospital, just being taken away from school in an ambulance. Like, what? <laughs> what the heck? And, he- <laughs> and you're a guy who does spin class and yoga oh, yeah. and fit. But you had, you had been having massive health issues yeah. and challenges respiratory-wise. and Oh, absolutely. Yeah, All for, kinds of for, allergy stuff. Yeah, and, for yeah. years. Really bad stuff. And a lot of it this job. based on yeah. the job. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. on the, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, so yeah, would you say that good. was your like aha moment? That was a holy, holy mother. Because then I spent the, well, it was funny too, is, 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 well, just didn't me being me. I was, you know, like, okay, you'll get and over it. You were it. in your 40s. Yeah. 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 And I like, I, um, I was even going to, I even said to everyone, like, like, as I'm about to pass out, as I'm trying not to, I'm like, I'm just getting the cab and I'll take myself to the hospital and I'll do, you know, whatever. And everyone was like, I don't think so. <laughs> you're you're green. You know, like you're not, no, you're not taking yourself anywhere. But that's just my mentality of like a little from her father, yeah. right? Like, yeah, everything's I drove fine. myself to the hospital when I thought I was having a stroke. Anyway, yes, right. it is a familial thing. <laughs> it is a mindset. Right. Yes. It's a, it's a Ren family trait. It totally yes. is. Right. So anyway, so 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 that happened. Mm-hmm. But then the, the the final moment for me was was then two years later, I guess. Again, two years later, that happened. And then I still, I was like, okay, I'll just go back to work on Monday yeah. and we'll be fine. Yeah. So, but that's another thing. When you weren't in school, no one was teaching your students. Right. And so that's, and a lot of these high achieving schools, they do not have subs. No. So when the teacher is not there, I know my son spends the time when his teachers aren't there, he has to go sit in the auditorium doing worksheets or whatever, yes. or busy work. That's exactly so, what we yeah. did. So, that's that's, exactly and a teacher did. that cares. I know you would never, even when you were really sick, you did not miss school because you wanted to show up for the students. No, not until later years. Later years, but I was taking a lot out. more time out. I was like, yep, well, I because you're don't burned feel out. like it today. When you're burned out. And I yep. see that in so many teachers yep. where they kind of, they stop caring. Yep. Yeah. Well, because it's self-preservation at that no, point. No, uh, 100%. Totally. Is. So anyway, so then so then, what was the final moment of, of I'm done with this is based on all of that. And I go in the office and it's my annual behavior class, which is full of seniors who don't like pretty much anything. Yep. Um, that's the, the majority of the, of the kids in that class. So I go in and she's got my grade book out. She's like, Ed, you're great. What the heck? She's like, look at how many kids are failing this class. And I looked at her and I was like, look at the names of those children. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have him? Oh, you have him. This is what I'm starting to see here. Oh, re- oh, oh. Realizing that. And then her response was, so what are we going to do about this? And I was like, wow, you just told me you put that writing right on the wall. This is my fault. I need to fix this. And I don't, I'm not liking it. So I said to her, this was a Friday. And I looked at her and I go, you know what? Let me take this home this weekend. I'll take a look. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. How about you do that? And then we'll meet again on Monday. I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> Let's meet again on Monday about this that I really want to just slap you. Yeah. Um, and it was funny that weekend I went home and I went to my, I, I did a bunch of my go-to searching, my that crazy spin class and walking around my neighborhood and, and just being, this was probably April, I think, mm-hmm. of 2019, I guess. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm walking around and I'm and I, I'm out walking home from this awesome class and feeling really good actually. And I just hear like literally like a voice somewhere over me that just said, "So just leave." And I was like, "Who said that?" First of all, like this isn't a joke. Right? Why are you messing with me? And I did. I heard just leave. Why not just leave? And oh man, to have that come, I was like. And, and silly and 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 cliche as it is, I literally was like, oh, <laughs> it was like the light just came on. 
But then that whole day was just like an affirmation of, I went to this concert, I got all moved by this music and it was just, I was with my friend and we were having this great brunch and it was just, it was just the best day. It's like your soul took a big like sigh oh, of relief. Totally. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. And so I went back on Monday and I said, um, yeah, I fixed some stuff blah, 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 about the grading pit. And I'm, you know, whatever. And I said, and this is really hard for me to do, but I have to do this. I won't be back next year. And my boss, you could have knocked her over with a feather. And I think she, I think she, she said, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I don't know. And she really, she started like twitching and just trying to pick up, pick up stuff and like, oh my God, oh my God. And she said, now I have to teach. I can't cry now. I have to go teach. And she, I mean, I sent her in this tailspin mm -hmm. and then she goes, I get it actually. But I, I don't know what I'm doing with this information. Like she just, she was beside, she said, yeah. but, I, but I get it. And I, yeah. like, yeah, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. This doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. But on a different level though, she gets it. But yet I feel like so many people don't know what to do. They all, I feel like so many people understand this is broken. This system is broken. The way we're doing things isn't working. It's not working for our teachers. It's not working for our students but no one seems to know how to do it differently. Because they can't try to know something differently. That they, I work with a lot of different schools now. And I worked in a huge school when I was in, at, at Bronx Science. Bronx Science was a big school with a lot of teachers, a lot mm -hmm. of people to see. Mm -hmm. And a, a big piece of what I see is there are the older generation of teachers who can still be great. I would say a bigger majority of them are just in a holding pattern. Yeah. Waiting to be done. Yeah. Waiting to, um, yeah, to just sign off and they're miserable. They hate their lives. Mm -hmm. They just grind it out. Yeah. If you change the system and it doesn't fit in their way of thinking, who cares? Yeah. I, I even had a meeting with somebody that who was just happened to be this one person who had told me he's kind of waiting to be done. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to share with him some of these, what I thought were some cool ideas about way to, different ways to think about kids thinking yeah. and all this stuff. And I could see him just being like, yeah, I don't really care. Well, and that's what happens when people are burned out. And when people are burned out is because they feel disconnected from what they are doing. Cause I think, and we have talked about this, <clears throat> And I see it in healthcare. Obviously, my background is in healthcare. And I see it in healthcare. And I know you and my husband, Eric, have certainly kind of had this, um, this understanding because both of you were at the same time. Like he was frustrated with healthcare and feeling a bit um, stuck in the system, just as you were feeling stuck in the system. And I feel like it comes down to many people go into these business, into these, um, you know, into education, into healthcare, whatever it is, with an intention and an intention to help kids, an intention to serve kids. And like mm -hmm. you, the fact that you left the the private school because you knew they were going to do well, you, you went to, because your intention was to help those kids that didn't have the nurturing and the support system and the financial well-being to throw, you know, to, to get them what they needed. You wanted to provide them connection connection to the topics, connection to the subjects, connected to themselves as a learner. And so what I see as the system being broken is that there is a massive disconnect between our intention to teach the kids and for them to learn and how we are doing it. And what I see, in fact, with my passion is obviously social and emotional learning. And what I see is things being thrown at students and all this, we have to get them here. We have to get all this content to them and this pressure for outcomes and this need to um, have numbers and have those numbers speak. But the problem is, is we're not approaching education from a whole child perspective. We're not looking at what is this child need and what is this child need and what does this child need? We're sort of putting this blanket, everybody's getting this. And unfortunately, there are a lot of kids that are falling through the cracks. 
And there are a lot of kids that if whatever's happening in their world outside of school impacts how they are able to learn. And we don't see that as educators. As a matter of fact, I was asked to give a keynote speech to the faculty in this nursing school because they were noticing that the students were really stressed and they were noticing that the kids, the students weren't doing as well on the nursing board exam because they were not able to critically think. And there was frustration with a lot of the faculty because they had this set of things that they needed to teach and this place or destination that they wanted the students to be. And they were frustrated because the students weren't able to be where they were supposed to be. And one of the things that I spoke about was our expectations as educators, that we really need to understand where we need to take students, but we also have to understand where are students and we have to meet them where they are instead of expect them to be where we want them to be. And so sometimes that means that our agenda needs to be reworked, that we need to put aside what those agendas and the to-dos and the where we start, we might need to adjust. And this is something that many people get very overwhelmed by. We also need as teachers to check in with our own self, our own expectations, but our own stress level. Because when we're stressed, we're going to be more reactive and we're going to be more frustrated and actually feeding the stress in our academic or teaching environment. So all of this really does impact the learning of students. And one of the things that I try to do when I am teaching is I really try to, uh, to offer many different ways of accessing information, be it podcasts, videos, uh, written work, research, because I want all students at all levels to be able to access it. And I also try to check in with students on where are you? What is your level of understanding? And so this is something that I feel like is lacking. And this is where we really need to approach students with not the old set of tools, but with a new set of tools for this new generation that isn't coming in with the same critical thinking, awareness, and problem solving, whether that's from the stressors in their life, whether that's from the social emotional aspect of the life, I'm not sure, but it has an impact 100% on their ability to learn and where they are on the learning scale, shall I say. Oftentimes, it's also their stress level. I'm noticing kids are absolutely stressed out of their mind, as we talked about in part one of this podcast episode. And one of the things that I think is needed and necessary for teachers to do is to sort of start with an icebreaker and a reset and help really bring students to the here and now and like a little check-in. And that just helps to really reset the nervous system. And when we reset the nervous system, students are then able to access that higher brain function that we need them to be able to access in order to learn. I think one of the things that people need to focus on is what are they trying to accomplish with higher level, higher, higher academics? So equitable, high level, academics is what my organization kind of focuses on right now, mm -hmm. meaning bringing advanced academics to kids who maybe can't, wouldn't normally get there without somebody pushing them yeah. to, to maybe do that. I'm very much for advanced academics, very much so. But forced is actually setting everybody up for failure. So to me, to say that you offer certain classes, 
AP, IB, early college, whatever. To say that you offer them looks good on, on that your school offers them. What I'm seeing more and more is that the requirements to be in them are taken away. So basically people are trying to level the playing field when it's not a level field. It just isn't. Like that's to say that everybody's brain functions at this level. It's just a matter of how to get there. No, they may all be smart in their own way, but that doesn't mean you have to you shove them into some kind of advanced academics class because you think that in their brain somewhere they can achieve something. That's a broken system. That's setting a kid up for failure. Um, to increase your numbers enrolled in certain class, that's not helping anybody if it means that they're not really ready to do that. Mm -hmm. um, um, <clears throat> but again, for, for administrations to offer certain things, and no one's going to say we, we're doing it because it makes us look better. No one's going to say that. Yeah. But it really is what it's about often. Yeah. To, so that we can say we offer 15, 20 APs. That one used to be a selling point of Bronx Science at these at these um, weekend get to know a, a school fairs that we used to do. That used to be one of our selling points is we offer every one of the APs except for this one, this one, and this one. Yeah. Something like that. Well, who cares if that's not really Bronx Science? had the, the brain power kids that yeah. that could handle yeah. all that not everybody does yeah and i'm not even just saying ap stuff i'm just right. saying right, right, right. all stuff um to to push kids harder than they're they're ready for emotionally with no supports or with brand new teachers teaching it are you kidding me why would you ever give a, someone who's never been in a classroom an advanced academics class to teach yeah because teaching in advanced academics means you also have to know the classroom skills to make that happen. You have to know all of it, not just yeah. you have the content knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a flying fig about whether you, I mean, obviously I would like that. And I, I'm part of those that I, I wish more teachers had stronger science backgrounds who were teaching science. Yeah. Um, but but you, you, you again, you, you throw kids in who don't belong there because they don't have the skills. Mm -hmm. Nobody's checking that. It's another person who wants to take the class, great. Yeah, I suppose there's probably merit to that to let the kid try if you're going to give them sports yeah. so that they don't feel like because a lot of these and I'm probably saying too much without finishing a sentence in this and I can't help it because there are just so many things I want to say about it. Yeah, but so in, in some urban schools that I work in, I was just in a school in Boston, actually, where there are kids in this class. There's no way they're ready for this class. Yeah, no way. No way. But they're in the class because somebody decided that that's the class is already half the size as it was when it's at the beginning of the year because well and because these kids hadn't even passed the mcas for biology yet oh. and they're supposed to be taking an advanced class yeah they hadn't so they pulled all them out because they're like oh no you have to pass the mcas first why'd they get in there in the first place yeah so again it's setting them up for failure totally so and somebody's not paying attention yeah like what the yeah but then so the the, poor, the kids that are in the class I did some of the, well, I did some math that's, that's going to be the easiest that they see all year. Mm -hmm. they, they had no idea what I was talking about. And I really, I was like, whoa, this yeah. is really basic stuff we're talking about here. And they don't know. And they, stuff and, that and they I'm, need in order to be able to do that. And best. I'm speaking a different language. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Someone missed them yes. all along the way. Yeah. Um, and this poor teacher who's teaching it hasn't taught only eighth grade for a couple of years, never taught high school. And now she's got a class full of juniors that she's supposed to teach up here yeah. who aren't ready to be here. They're barely ready to be here yeah. at this. And I'm doing yeah. this like hand gesture, like anyone can see it, but yeah. Yeah. they're supposed to be at this high level and they're not even at a low level. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. And one kid's choice is to just sit in the back of the room and not pay attention to any of it and shut off. And so that's what happens is when you are set up to fail you feel powerless and and you sort of start to give up sometimes as a teacher and as a student. Right. So you are really good. One of your gifts is helping people connect to what they're learning. And you are very innovative in ways that you do that. And you are really good about accessing all different kinds of learners. 
to to give everybody access to learning, no matter how they that where they're coming from. So, what do you think? If you could give some tips, and here is where we're finding clarity in this chaos. What tips would you give? As far as like how what 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 do we need to understand for kids to really learn? But I think one of the things that teachers need to do, I really think, is before they get bogged down in all the grading they have to do and they all the whatever this class is and all that stuff, is the teacher themselves needs to think about what it is that the class that they're teaching and figure out what in that class inspires them. Yes. What do they feel? Is and I don't mean like well it could be about what's most important and all but but when you say so for me with my marine biology background whenever I get to talk about the ocean and ocean conservation and stuff like that I get fireworks going off in my brain mm-hmm. and I can't wait to talk to kids more about well that's going to deliver a much more powerful lesson regardless of how you actually have the kids record that or whatever mm-hmm. but the fact that it's coming from inside my soul to bring to these kids. That's going to start already at a different level when I when you start that conversation. And I'm talking about any class, right? Math, well, English, history. The teacher's connection to what they're teaching will inspire connection to this from the students to what they're teaching. Right. Yes. Even if you're given a class some year that you don't like, yeah. I always told people that if any school ever wanted to fire me on the, or wanted me to quit on the spot, they'd give me an all physics and psychology program and I'd quit on the spot. I'd be like, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm out. No, but even if, cause that happens all the time. That's the other piece that's so broken about all this is someone says, we want to offer this higher level advanced academic class. Hmm. Who do we have? Um, you're going to teach it. Yeah. And that person that got the year you're going to teach it may have a background in it. May not, may not give a rats. Yeah. Whatever about that course. And now they're supposed to do it for a whole year. Right. Instead of saying, we want to teach this class. Does anybody have any interest in teaching this class? Yes. Right. Yes. Or hiring somebody to do it or, yeah. or whatever. Often yeah. it gets dropped on yeah. somebody Yeah. because that's administrators in a spin yeah. and panic. And oh, we got to offer this, but we don't have anyone to do it. Blah, blah. Right. I know of a certain school right now where the person who's teaching environmental science is actually a physics teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And that person that. resents that. Yeah. Actually. So yeah. then you get resenting teachers. So yes. not even are they not interested, but they resent it. Yes. So there's anger involved well, with this and, and how's that going to translate to the kids <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly right so now i hate this class i hate all of you for being in this class i hate the school for making me teach this class let's have a good year yeah now <laughs> right yeah not gonna work but but it happens way too often yeah so way too often. so a tip for administrators is pull your teachers and find out who is interested in these teach, teaching these classes because you're going to have more powerful classes, more powerful connected learning if right. teachers are interested in what they're teaching. I, I even heard of a, heard a story of a woman who resigned at the beginning of the year this year because she was told that she was going to teach environmental science when she got hired a couple of years ago, has never taught it. She was hired to teach environmental science, has never taught it. Yeah. Finally this year, she was like, oh, you're taking it away from me again? I'm out. out. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Um, And so now, and so now that this is the other thing. So now that school is still running the program, but two teachers who already have three and four other preps to do, like meaning other classes that they're teaching, different classes Mm -hmm. are now coming together to try to pull this class off Mm. as a team who doesn't know anything about it. Wasn't supposed to be teaching it, but now it's gotta be taught because we have kids in it. Right. And And no consistency there. Yeah. And everybody's okay with everybody's that. Everybody's okay, right? Like, yeah, yeah. End scene, totally. Yes. yes. So the teach it has, but it has to start. If you really want a successful class, mm-hmm. you can get the least academic student to at least see new things. Yeah. And that's and I'm not saying succeed, but no, you don't. You want them to feel part of something, be in the space with you feel successful every now and then at something. Yes. But you got to have someone who's a fireball. Yeah. And to not have anybody even remote. I mean, even a brand spanking new teacher who doesn't know anything about anything. If they're got this fire, they're going to do something good. Right. You know, and, and yeah. So 
Yeah, like my school has this Courtney, this person who tutors my son in math. She's fantastic and she has such passion. And what makes me nervous for her is in a school where the teachers, I, you have a lot of teachers who aren't showing up and you have a lot of older teachers who show up barely and you have a lack of accountability from the administration to the teachers. Right. You know, a lot of students that are struggling. Courtney sees these students struggling and she becomes that person that everybody goes to that tries to connect to. Yeah. And she is now trying to take on helping. She's getting another master's in social emotional learning. She's 26 years old. And she, I'm like, she doesn't have kids yet. She's getting married. And I'm thinking, and I told her, I was like, Oh, Courtney, I, I really just hope that you don't get burned out because you're exactly what these kids need. Yep. She's a light in my son's life. And I just, it, it makes me sad. And I, and I say, I, I say this to her and I even told some of the administration people, like, you don't want to overburden her. You need more people on board. You need to help her be in a position where she can start to help the other teachers, you know, learn this stuff. But some of the teachers but, are like, nope. Yeah. But two though, and what, what often happens, and I, I even heard this somewhere that the administrator's job is to get as much out of the employees as they can without paying them more. Oh, yeah. Like that's just yeah. the, yeah. so the, 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 I just, in what I'm hearing of that is yes, that's true. Until now she's running every PD in the school no, and no. still has to do her teaching and still has to, and now she's burned out. Yeah. no, exactly. And so, you know, I mean, that's, right. but that's the reality too is yeah. Yeah, now we have, we found one person who's so great at this and we're going to shine their light and try to have them sp spread around their stuff until yeah. now the other people are like, her again yeah Why or she until so... that light dims because until, right, burned until out. it's yeah. fizzled out but then so then the other tip though then on the other side so a little bit of the administrative definitely from the teacher's perspective but then i think something that the people don't do is they don't see the kids for who they are yes from the beginning yes and all the way through yes your best kid could be the and i used to this is definitely something i used to have at, at bronx science that was so hard is you get this kid who's a super achiever who's going to burn themselves out also because they're so like get this done and they're so like that but you also need to see that kid for who they are call them out for who they are and be like dude take it down a notch you're gonna do fine but breathe yeah and then I know just as a final tip I know that you're really into into and you thrive at project-based learning totally why is that important? What what tip? Why do you think that that it, would that be a tip that you gave to teachers and to to students? Project based, yes. However, project based with after deep thought about what it is that you're trying to accomplish with it, mm -hmm. deep thought about how that's going to play out. Mm -hmm. What's your goal? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to let kids know that you're, you're watching them mm -hmm. regularly? Mm -hmm. um, I've known a lot of teachers who will offer, will do a project and then maybe or maybe not going to even. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're working on our project today. Go ahead and do that. And then, or I want you to do this at home. Yeah, it's a space. Or color. I want you, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. That yeah. is not project-based. Project-based means you've done some deep work on your own as the teacher to figure out what it is that you want to accomplish with this, mm -hmm. how it accomplishes that mm -hmm. and how you're going to explain what you want in detail mm -hmm. to the kids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like it because it's a chance for the kids to be themselves yeah. and preferably give them some creative moments. And, and I just had yeah. a conversation with a teacher and she was talking about how she had them. This is for AP environmental science. So older kids. And she was talking about how she had them, I don't remember what the project was, but but part of it was they were actually coloring. Mm. And I high-fived her for that. I was like, they're coloring in class. Mm. They probably thought this was really silly. That's awesome. Yeah. Because do you know what kind of a reset they get from that? Yes. And yes. now they're focused on what it is that they're looking, looking at. at. Yeah. yeah. They get to, even if it's choosing your own colors or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're getting to make their own choices. They're getting to, and you can still be academically rigorous. Yeah. Provided you put enough thought into it. Yeah. I've also had another teacher who I told was they're they're in, they were gonna do a lesson for me to see and talk to them about. They went online and found a what do they what do you call it? Like a web quest thing, which is basically you follow the questions and go online and 
follow the answers. They had no idea why they were doing it. It was mm. completely new subject. Mm. They were only doing parts of it. So then they were supposed to take then a couple minutes to present what they found so everyone else can get the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And this teacher literally sat at his desk and did pretty much nothing. Yeah, that's not And I was like, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. And I said to that teacher, I said, I don't think they got anything from that lesson, actually. Yeah. It was probably me being a little snarky. Yeah. But I really, I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Especially knowing that I'm coming to watch you do this. And yeah. this is what you show up with. Um, yeah. But that's what I mean about it has to be deeply thought about right and, and and have an intention and have a purpose and have yes. a plan yeah and not just be oh this is fun they'll get to mm -hmm. choose unless that's all it is for you and then let and then let them do or not do whatever is going to come back mm -hmm. and know that it's going to be not much but you can you can absolutely and and also it, i'm a big fan again of the checking in with of the teacher with the kids like create moments for yourself even it's if it's Okay, I was going to give this for homework. I'm actually going to give you time for this now because I need to talk to these three kids about what I'm seeing they're not yeah, seeing. Yeah. Or something like that. So even then, when you, that's kind of putting it off on everybody, like everybody else. But because purposefully, because you need to go that, then talk, have a moment with these kids without calling them out separately, tell yeah. them to come to your office. Yeah. Tell them, nah. Yeah. That's because yeah. that's then, then they're, their hackles are up and they're not listening. Right. But you can do it in the class while everybody's doing something yeah. and nobody knows what's going on. But those are those are the, the the biggest tips then I think for to for the teacher to find whatever passion they can. It's got to start there. If you can't, if your day doesn't have any passion in it whatsoever, even the smallest little bit, you're gonna have a lousy day. And okay, we have lousy days. If you find yourself a string of lousy days because you hate your teaching right now, stop the train. Well, and you can stop and, the train and, and pull it back to the station and figure yeah, out where, what's, what's wrong, the direction what's wrong. that you want to go. Yeah. Or are you done? Yeah. Right. I was done. Yeah. Right. I left because I could. Yeah. Fear is another reason people don't because they don't think that they can do anything else. Right. Well, or stability. Right. You well, truly. Like, yeah. If, well, if you've got a family and all, obviously. Right. Obviously. Right. But the, find some something to spark you. Right. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Have to. Yes. Yes. I think some play and some laughter Total too goes play. a long way. You're great at that. Total. Well, because that's who I am. Yeah. And it's our teachers who just aren't that person. No, right. But you don't have and, to, but allow moments of that. Right. Or 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 let them play yeah. and acknowledge. I see what you're doing. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. Even if you can't exactly. bring that, instead like, yeah, of yeah. so serious and regimented and da da da, and taking yes. everything so personally that happens in the classroom, it's not personal. Everybody's got their own stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess I would say from the administrative point, you too need to focus on why you're doing what you're doing. Notice outcomes. Don't tell your teachers this is what we're doing without any of their input. And that, that leads to nothing more than resentment. Yeah. Or if you make big decisions, tell people why you made those decisions. If you want it to function as a well-oiled machine, you got to let people feel like they're part of the machine. 100%. You can't just dictate from the top down, which I fear is something that happens. Decisions are made up here yeah. that are then not asked for. Or, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 yeah. There's just, there's so much out there that's broken. And that needs fixing and that needs people who are approaching it with their eyes open. Yeah. Not um blinders. Blinders, band-aids, um unwillingness yeah. to change. There's yeah. a lot of that out there too. Like this works, this has worked fine for me for years. Right. right. And I'm not, and I'm again, I'm not at all busting on older teachers no, by no, any no. means. Because there are, there are some great older teachers that have a growth. So mindset. much so. Totally. Versus a fixed mindset. That's what we're talking about. Have a growth mindset. The fixed mindset is limiting. So from what I hear, and I'm just going to kind of sum it up yeah. from what I hear, <laughs> though the magic wand thing would be more connection in education to what we're learning, why we're learning, and what we're passionate about, and what we're interested Top in, the, sp the spark. Purposeful, more purposeful education, more purposeful content, more purposeful um, connection, you know, where we're, we're purposeful as far as the why behind what we're doing, not just doing it because this is how we've always doing done it, not just doing this because I need more grades so I can, you know, all that, the purpose behind the why and help kids connect to the purpose of what they're learning and why they're learning it. Um, and um, so purpose, passion, connection, and Regulate. You have to regulate yourself. You have to regulate 
yourself. You have to help your students regulate. So then we can learn. Yep. Yeah. So that's, but that's top down. Yeah. Administrators need to see who their teachers are, who their people are in their space more. Mm -hmm. Teachers absolutely need to see their kids mm -hmm. more and directly. Mm -hmm. So how can people connect with you if they have more interest or if any organizations, teacher organizations or whatever, want to just chat with you? How can they do that? Shoot me a note. And, and E-R-E-N, E-W-R-E-N at Mass Insight, M-A-S-S-I-N-S-I-G-H-T dot org. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Ed. I really appreciate it. We could talk forever. <laughs> we could. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Simple Awakenings podcast. If you find yourself agreeing with the thoughts, the content, or the opinions of today's podcast, or you even recognize that you'd like to be able to connect better with the kids in your life, with the work that you do, we can help. You can schedule a free clarity call with me, and together we can create a roadmap of where you'd like to go and how you might be able to get there. Or you can sign up for my free Power Now Masterclass. The links will be down below in the show notes. If you're an educator and you would like to have Ed come and speak for your school or in professional development, you can reach out to him at enviroed2020 at gmail.com. Again, the links will be down in the show notes. If you are interested in having a dynamic speaker, come and talk to your school, your parents, your teachers about social and emotional learning or my signature stress SOS, new tools for the new generation talk, which helps to bridge the gaps between our expectations, our abilities to learn and self-regulate and problem solve then reach out to me at Jen, J-E-N, at Jennifer Wren, W-R-E-N, Tolo.com. Again, the link will be down in the show notes. If you want to create change in your life, all you need to do is connect. And there is support for us, for you. Just reach out and connect. Be well, everyone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, like, subscribe, and give it a review at your favorite podcast platform. For more info on Jen, visit jenniferrentolo.com. That's Jennifer, W-R-E-N, Tolo, T-O-L-O.com. Thanks for listening.